Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. James chapter one. We've already gone through James one through eight, chapter one verses one through eight. So we're going to pick it up. James chapter 1, 9, and uh, we will follow all the way through verse 18. The thing that's astounding to me is I've wanted to preach from this passage, this text, the book of James, for quite a while and and worked on it. Then I was talking to Dr. Morocco about it. He said, oh, I'm I'm doing a series in James too. I'm like, you are? And then, I don't know, I always try to get like good names for, I, I can't come up with like cute, cutesy, millennial names for messages and series. So, so I called mine uh, studies in the book of James. How's that? So, uh, but Dr. Morocco's is uh, the righteous life or living the righteous life or something. I thought, what? I wanted to take that, but I'm gonna leave it for now. I might change it midway. Then I found out that, uh, that uh, Pastor Andrew Pearson is doing a study in the book of James. And I talked to somebody else at a part of Kings and they're doing a study in the book of James too. And uh, I uh, asked for all their notes and um, I only got some of them (laughs) because it's good to collab. I used to never collab. How many of you know collab is short for collaborate? I guess that's like a millennial thing, collabing. So I'm learning to collab and, uh, and we're hoping that it's going to help us. How many of you need a lot of help? I do. All right, let's go. James 1, verse 9. If you're all there, say, woo! The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position. Because he will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. The what? The crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, by his what? His own evil desire, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my dear brethren, brothers, sisters, sistren. Verse 17. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Father, thank you for what you've done today and what you'll do now. 
We pray that you would give us living understanding. Come on, lift, lift your voice and pray that God would speak to you. We pray, speak to us out of the volume of your word. We know that when your word goes forth, you stand over it to see it performed. Do signs and wonders and miracles. Release your plan, release your wisdom, release revelation that causes a revolution in our hearts and our families and our community for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. You know, your perspective is very important, especially that you have a correct perspective. I remember years ago believing a certain thing about my life and some of the events of my childhood, only 25, 30 years later to realize I was dead wrong. But I had made certain decisions in my heart. My perspective was skewed. Your perception can either hinder what God wants to do or release it. Your perception can release the kingdom of God or can release the kingdom of the devil. And I've seen it over and over again. Your perspective affects how you deal with your issues. And that's why it's so important that you go to church. That's why we have so many services. Why? Because we love going to church. It's the biggest party in town. Woohoo! Come on, somebody. Woohoo! I was talking to somebody out front uh, after the second service, I think it was, and they said, man, this place is fun. I like it here. I'm like, me too. Woo, yeah. How many of you know church should be fun? The mortuaries, the morgues down the street, that's not here. This is supposed to be a place, a place of life. But we all have issues. We have issues. And your perspective, I've had many times where Pastor Karen has had to adjust my perspective. You're not seeing that right. You need to see that correctly. See, because if you don't see things, come on, Minister Barry, you've got glasses on. Do you need those? <laughs> what happens if you don't have them? Well, you don't see things quite clearly. Can you read without them? Very challenging, right? So to get clear, pers clear perspective or get clear vision, he has to have an adjustment. And uh, I fought that in my 40s, but embraced it now a little bit. I don't know. If I'm really tired, it just seems to be worse. The, but the more coffee and the more I wake, the, 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 the more that I'm awake. A couple Red Bulls, I don't need any glasses. Come on, somebody say amen. Uh, your perception about who you are, about God. What, what does uh, C.S. Lewis said it this way? Your perception about God is the most important thoughts. The, your thoughts that you think about God are the most important thoughts that you have. Because if you think something that's incorrect, then you'll live according to that and you'll mess yourself up. So theology is important. Theology, theo, God, study, study of God. That's what theology is, the study of God. So when you come to church and you hear a message like I'm about to preach to you, it's going to give you some Holy Spirit chiropractic, if I, if I can say it that way. It's going to help adjust your perspective because if you don't see things correctly you can end up skewed and off. A bubble off. If you're off on a compass course, you're gonna be way off further down the line. And uh, I have certain counselors and people that I talk to to help, to help me bounce things off. And Pastor Karen and I working things out. We've got, you will call and get some counsel from Dr. Morocco and, and different ones and we'll call and talk to them. And, that, and in that process, They'll very frequently say, what about looking at it like this? 
And how many times have, when we've heard that, been like, oh, that's a different view. That's why good spiritual, Holy Spirit-filled biblical counseling is good. And that's why you need to be in a service like this so you can hear a message like I'm about to preach to you so that you can get the right perspective on your life because we all have issues. Raise your hands to heaven and say, oh, Jesus, help me. That we have to view things. We must view things from God's perspective. Otherwise, you're going to end up deceived. Let's look at this text. We're going to take it verse by verse, pretty much. That's what this text is all about. It's really about seeing a number of issues. The poor and the rich, verse 9. Let's read this. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. There's no inferiority or superiority complexes in Christ. I want you to say that. There's no inferiority and no superiority complexes in Christ. You know why? Because you could have all the money in the world and it doesn't make a drip of difference in the kingdom. You could be stone cold broke and God loves you the same as he loves you a rich person. You say, wow, that's kind of unusual. Well, Well, it's true. See, it's your faith that God relates to you, not whether you have money or not. And that's what he's saying. He's saying there's, there's no, you can't be, if you have money, you're not superior over anybody. <laughs> it's, it's by the grace of God that you're born again. You, 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 should, you should be in a devil's hell, but he saved you and you happen to have money. Yeah, okay, you work hard. Praise God. But you don't worship that. That's not your source. And if you don't have money right now and you're broke, that's not where you get your identity either. You get your identity from God. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. The, poor should, <laughs> the poor should glory in what he's received in Christ. Glory is the word that I used here. Pride is the word that's in the text. It means that we take pride or we boast. You know, we're joint heirs with Christ. Now that's something to boast about. The apostle Paul talks about that. So oftentimes people will boast that their physical prowess or their intellectual acumen or their financial status. The world's needle of acceptance goes higher with you look more handsome or more pretty or perceived in that way. If, you're, if you fit the mold or the model or you have more, fa- more money than you have more favor. But that's not true with God. The economy doesn't make you who you are. Jesus and what he's done. So if you don't have very much money right now, you hold your head high for the love of God. You've been born again. Jesus lives on the inside of you. And if you have lots of money, well, praise the Lord, but don't put your hope and trust in that because one day, listen, it could be there a day and the next day, poof, it can be gone. There's no currency by which you can buy God's grace. So the rich should glory in the fact that without, without Christ, he has nothing. This is verse 10. And there's great parallels here. As, and I really haven't quite delved into studying this out like I want to, but I'll get there. There's great parallels in this, in the book of James and Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Listen, as we study this thing and we move on in the weeks, and I'll be preaching this on Sunday night and whenever I feel like it, but most likely it's not going to be Sunday morning, it'll be Sunday nights and Wednesday night. 
Read the book of James. Would you do it? Would you read the book of James? Read it. Read it again. Write some things down. Underline some things. And then not only read the book of James, read the Sermon on the Mount. That's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So Sermon on the Mount is very similar to the book of James. So the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about, about being humbled and about, uh, about being, um, uh, what's the word? Let me get to my notes. The poor in spirit, pardon me. Blessed are the poor in spirit. See, he's talking the very similar right there that you, we, we should be grateful. And poor in spirit means to be abased and desperately hungry for God because without him, it doesn't matter what's in your pocket. It's God's grace, God's power. So you see these parallels throughout the book of James and the Sermon on the Mount. We're only here for a moment. Oh my, look at verse 11. For the sun rises with his scorching heat and withers his plants. The blossoms fall, its beauty's destroyed in the same way the rich will fade away. Even while they go around their business, our security will never be in riches or be in wealth. Look at verse 12. This is so encouraging to me. And I do believe that we're walking this in this church. They're walking this promise out right here. Blessed is the one who perseveres. Again, very similar to the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is the bylaws of the kingdom of God. Very different, very different than the way the world sees things. Listen, let me say that if you will study the book of James with me and you study the Sermon on the Mount and you'll allow these things to be rooted deep down in your heart and you learn to live them, your heart will be set on fire. Many people's hearts are not on fire for the Lord because they don't really live for the Lord. They don't really know the word. God doesn't just set your heart on fire because you came and there's a powerful worship service. You know somebody's going to cut you off tomorrow while you're driving or something's going to happen. Lose your joy in two seconds. Calling down curses on them. You know they persecuted you because you had that Christian fish on the back of your bumper. Really, you were driving erratically because you're probably texting while you drove. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. In the first message uh, here in James, and it's right in these above verses, we talked about the blessing when you face a trial. When you persevere, God will turn it into a blessing. And here it goes on to give us this promise. See, not, not only does he make us, he wants to make us better, not bitter, right? But he wants to bless us. Essentially, he's saying that God, God rewards those who persevere under trial. Listen, this ought to motivate you. How many of you are under trial? Don't ever waste a good trial. Let that trial catapult you and propel you into the good things that are ahead. So oftentimes we shake our head and shake our feet. God, do you even love me? And he's trying to promote you. He's trying to bless you. Receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised. You, you, you might have missed what God is saying here through James. He's, he's saying it is love for God and, and persevering in your trial. Perseverance, and this is going to sting right here. This right here, brace, just hold your seat or something. Do something. Brace yourself. 
He's saying that persevering is a sign of love for God. Now, I've known people that just, they flat threw in the towel. He's saying that when you persevere, it's a sign of your love for him. I've known people that can't persevere for anything. They quit. And they just turn, heal. That's it. I'm not going to that church anymore. They don't expand on my gifts. Yeah, you're going to do the same thing down the street. You already did. Let's have a, let's, let's praise him right now. Don't be offended at me. Change for the love of God. Change and see the fact that maybe you cave in under pressure and trials and that's maybe not really the best expression of God's love. And if you will persevere, God will give you a crown. Come on, somebody say, I'm ready for my crown. Come on, say, bump your neighbor and say, I'm ready for the crown. Are you sure? Perseverance is a sign of love for God. Don't say you love God and you quit all the time. Overcoming shows your love for God. You know, Pastor Karen and I are deeply in love. And we have been for a long time. When we first met, it was exhilarating. Just Oh, oh, amazing. She's amazing. And without telling the whole story, which is an amazing story, one day a book that Pastor Karen's going to write. And <laughs> we got married. When we got married, we went to heaven. We, we got, well, I don't, I don't know if we actually went to heaven, but we went into the spirit. It was so supernatural. We were drunk of the Holy Ghost for a day couldn't hear anything anybody was saying to us. We had a supernatural encounter. And you know, I carried across the threshold of the door and into our little apartment and it was just it was picture perfect and amazing. And as time goes on, now we're married for 25 years. The pitter in December, thank you, December 6th, very good. So at first, your heart just is heart pounding. I think that's the start of it. Then you learn to love after. Oh, I just love her. I just, oh, she's so fine. She's so fine. Yeah, you really actually get to learn love later. Oh, he's so fine, though. He talks to me and everything, and he's just looking at me, standing there like, Love, love is a commitment. Now, I love you, and I've committed my life to you till death do us part, and that'll never change. I have a covenant with her, with God. I've learned to love over 25 years. and December 6th, it'll be 25 years. I've, I've learned to love. That's what marriage will do. Some of you need to learn to love God like that. I was talking to beloved friends and they were saying, you know, facing a trial and 
things weren't quite going right, potential offense was going to happen or was happening. And I love what they said. Well, if it all goes south, and I'm paraphrasing, if it all goes south, we're just going to give an offering and worship God. What a great response. What a great response. And because God will release a crown to somebody that lives that way, your perspective has to change. There's blessing if you persevere, and perseverance is a sign of your love for God. So don't say you love God and quit every vision, quit every church, quit every job, and you're on your third marriage. Don't tell me that. Stop. Stop. Look at verse 13 as we move on out of that. So when you get married, I just want one more, one more thing. It's to pitter-patter, and it's just amazing, and that doesn't ever have to fade, but, you know, later on, you know, bad breath and the different challenges, and he doesn't pick up his stuff, and all of that, you know, you work through that because you love them. All right. Verse 13, let's read it. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. You know what this is saying? It's saying that God never intends for you to fail. It's God's intention, God's plan for you to succeed. It's God's plan for you to overcome. It's God's plan for you to make it. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to make it. Yeah, that's God's plan. That's his plan. Some of you don't see it that way. Oh, he just brought me here to kill me. I just wish we had the leeks and the garlic back in Egypt. Oh, stop. Overcome. And I've seen people over and over, when they fail, they just want to blame somebody. I, I talked about denting my car recently. It was interesting. The second I dented it, my, immediately my flesh is like, Pastor Karen, man, park the car in the wrong spot. But I, sh I didn't say that, except while I was preaching. But I thought it, and I thought, you're the one driving the car. You are the one that backed into it. I've seen when people die or when tragedy happens, uh, an aspect of grief, watch this, an aspect of grief is blame. So when you go through loss and you go through grief and you go through difficulty, people, it's a cycle of blame. It's part of the cycle of grief. In fact, we have grief classes and stuff, and you can sign up and be a part of that. You go through the death of a loved one, whether it be a parent or a child or some difficulty like that, you many times need, need some help grieving. It's very real. And one of the cycles is blame. So you get, get angry and you blame the doctor or you blame the nurse or you blame your spouse or you blame yourself or you blame God. And if that blame cycle is not broken, you'll never move out of grief. You stay stuck there all your life. And I've seen so many people Blame God. Blame the pastor. Blame their life group leader. Blame the government. Blame, just want to blame everybody. Well, that's not what we should do because God's intention for us is that we would always walk in victory, not, not fail. So when we fail in our walk with God, we can't blame God. Listen, if you failed in your walk with God, it's not God's fault. It's you. 
Maybe you were deceived. Maybe, sure, maybe the devil was involved. I understand he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's a deceiver. And, and we've all been through times where we didn't see things correctly and maybe ended up in the wrong place. Moral failure. Oh, pardon me. God is holy. Look at your, look at your notes. God is holy. Everybody say that. God's holy. And three, moral failure stems from our own fallen human nature. Verse 14. Now, you need to pay close attention. Bump your neighbor and say, pay attention. All right. So failure. This is how it happens. Want to know how it comes about? Right here. It's, everybody say, it's right here. Come on, go ahead. Point to your neighbor and say, it's right here. Right in the word. Go ahead. It's right here. Point at your phone or whatever device you have. Moral failure stems out of our own fallen human nature. That's where it comes from. But each person is tempted and they're dragged away by their own, who's? By their own, who's? Their own evil desires and enticed. Verse 15, after desires conceived, this gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown gives birth to death. Man, this is good. This is, this is great. Desire, desire, their own desire. You best be very careful about what you're desiring in your heart. You have to guard over your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. And if you allow for your desire to be evil desires, you're soon to be led astray. You're soon to be destroyed. You can't allow for evil desires to get in there. Well, what if I have them? Well, welcome to the human race. You need to, you need to kill them. I heard it said this way, and please don't take it literally. One preacher said, well, there's a black dog in your life that represents evil. And then there's a white dog of desire in your life, and that represents good. If you, whichever dog you feed will grow. And that's referring to this. That if you feed your evil desires, it's going to get bigger, it's going to get stronger, and it's going to bite you. If you feed your good desires, it will grow and develop into a healthy, blessed life. So feed the white dog, right? But this guy said, just put a bullet in your 45 and shoot the black one and live for God. You have to take authority over your evil desires. Come on, you have to take every thought captive and make it obedient. You say, well, it's, they're just thoughts. They just come. No, no, you're, you're a, come on. You're a spirit with a body, not a body with the spirit. You're a spirit with a body, not a body with the spirit. You're a spirit with the body, not a You're a spirit with a body, not a body with the spirit. You are the one that controls your own thinking. Renew it. Change this thing. I've shared with you before, we used to have a dog that hated water. Hated water. The dog hated water. To wash that dog, you had to have special skills. And, and, and we learned those. My, my brother Chris and I, we were kids. And you, you took the hose in one hand and you had the dog with the other and you buckled down on the dog and then you washed the dog like that. Just washing the dog and, and you have to force the dog to get water and soap and scrub it. And then soon the dog would get out and shake all over you and you'd be like, ah! And then you buckle the That's exactly what you have to do with your mind. Wash it. Renew it. You've got to think differently. You must be in control of your evil desires. Flip Wilson. Remember him? The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. 
It was the devil. No, it wasn't. You know, people that backslide never just have a blowout. You know what I mean by that? It's usually a slow leak. You come out and your left rear passenger, your left right passenger side rear tire is a little bit low. You're like, well, it's not that low. And so you drive on. A week later, you remember it's a little bit lower and you look and you're like, I ought to put some air in that. But then you just keep driving. And then you've got to take a quick trip to Anchorage and you're like, oh, that tire, it'll hold up. But it doesn't. And you end up on the side of the road and you're calling your husband or you're, you're, getting, your, 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 you're getting your AAA to come and help you out. That's the way backsliding happens. That's why it's important to be in church every day of your life. Every time the doors are open, you should come. You should be in the Word. You should grow. Why? Because you want to stay big and strong and full of the Spirit, full of air, if I could say, not hot air, full of the Holy Ghost. Because if you leak and you start compromising in your thoughts, you can, th those desires can then begin to bring you to sin, which is the second point. Desire drags us away from God's plan. Evil desire drags you away from God's plan. Say it. Evil desire drags me away from God's plan. And then you begin to sin. See, when desires are cultivated, then you begin to sin. Sin means missing the mark. You begin to do wrong. It starts here. Oh, pastor, I don't know what happened. I just woke up in the morning and I, oh, I just robbed a bank. I... No, you didn't. You were thinking about it for weeks. You made a plan. I just, I don't know. I just, there, there she was, and I was in adultery. No. No, that's not what happened. You were thinking about her for weeks. And your pornography problem fed into that too. Ma'am. Desires, evil desires cultivated, then boom, sin. And sin, when full, full grown, brings death. Uh, the money that you stole, oh, oh, I'm sorry, the money that you borrowed because you were going to pay it back, and well meaning you just borrowed it. And now you end up embezzling money and you're going to jail. That's the way that is. How do you just rationalize it? We've talked to fraud examiners. We had to have to do this massive examination and, uh, of, of fraud in the church as a part of a process of the loans and bonds and different things. And so as I was talking with these fraud examiners, we were discussing our different, um, uh, what would be the right word, uh, systems we have in place so that that can't ever happen. And we have incredible systems in place. And so we were discussing those and they were telling us, this one lady was telling us, if the head fraud examiner was telling us, oh yeah, fraud happens almost always the same way with good people. Not, 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 not evil people trying to rip people off, good people. I said, well, well which way is that? They said, well, they, they, they usually just take a little bit of money that they need to get them through that week. And then in their mind, they say, when I get paid, I'm going to repay that. And then that week comes and something else happened and they borrow a little bit more money and soon $100 that they palmed from the cash register from Fred Myers 
turns to 200, turns to 300, turns to 400, turns to all of a sudden there's this big bill and they're like, they don't know what to do and they've, they, they've stolen and it just, it just continually snowballs. That is the way it is. That's the way sin is. You think that you can, I mean, we have children here, so let me just shoot high. You think that you can satisfy yourself by looking at some images. I have news for you. It'll never satisfy you. And you think you can be married to deal with your lust problem. That'll never satisfy you either. No, you have a, an issue deep down in the core of your heart. And you need to be set free from a spirit of lust. And then the beauty of that which takes place in marriage will be beautiful at that. But to say death, all right, starts with evil desires. But life starts with good desires. The converse of this is true. In other words, you can be dragged to the throne by focusing on desires that God gives you. You can be moved into the things of the kingdom by focusing on the word, by focusing on that which is right and good and pure and holy and just and admirable and praiseworthy. Think on these things. You're so special that, come on, somebody say, I'm special. You're so special that you should never think any thoughts contrary to, to good, pure, holy, and noble. Admirable and praiseworthy. God is good all the time. Everybody say that. God is good all the time. Don't be deceived. Verse 16. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. And we can all be deceived into thinking crazy thoughts. And that's why it's important to, to have each other around us. It's not uncommon for me to, to bounce things off of Pastor Karen, off their Dr. Morocco. I've got close confidence to say, nah, here's the way I'm seeing this. What do you think about that? And there'll be times where like, you know what? I don't think your heart's right, Pastor Karen. will say, your heart's not right. You need to stop that. I'm like, ah, she's right again. Uh. And I love sharing things with Dr. Morocco. I, listen, I've got people around me. You need to have people around you that are not yes people. I have no one on my staff that I know of is a yes person. You know what I mean by that? They're just going to nod and say yes. Like when David looked at Bathsheba and then he talked to whoever's the guard outside the door. Go get her. He's like, yes, yes, sir. If it was Joab, he'd have backhanded him. What are you thinking, King David? You lost your mind, King David. And all his men that were around him that would have corrected him and instructed him and rebuked him, they were gone. But he stayed back at springtime and committed adultery and released a wicked curse on his family that was even played into Solomon's life. You need to have people around you that'll help you. Come on, someone say, God is good. God is good, yeah, God is good and all the time, God is good. He's good. He's good. And so you can be deceived. Verse 16, don't be deceived. Bump your neighbor and say, don't be deceived. God gives good gifts. Verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes, gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. That's another version. The NIV says, who does not change like shifting shadows. Listen, listen to me. Every good thing you have in your life, everybody say, every good thing I have in my life is from God. So all the bad things you have in your life, now, there is the Jonah factor where you might be disobeying and God sent a storm so you could get your booty back on track. There is that. There are storms from God, but that's even an expression of his love. Even that, even correction. 
Those whom the Lord loves, he chastises. Some of you need a good spanking. The Lord's going to give you one and help you get back on track. The, the, the difficult, let me say it this way, the evil or bad things you have in your life either come from the devil or it comes from yourself, your own fallen human nature. So I don't like that. I know. You are responsible for your life. God does not change. Back in your notes. He gives us new birth through the word of truth, verse 18. I'm glad that God doesn't change, and I'm so glad that he gives us new birth through the word of truth. Verse 18, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits. And I, I shared this in the offering, first fruits of all that he created. When you got saved, you were a first fruit of what will happen to all of creation in time. We're new creations. Say that. I'm a new creation. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 17. If any man or woman is in Jesus, he's a new creation. Man, when I got a hold of that, it transformed my life. The old is gone. Behold, all things become new. Being born again, you're a new creation. I'm not my past. Forgetting that which lies behind, I press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a new man. I've been born again. I am redeemed. My sins are thrown as far as the east is from the west. Come on, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm a new creation. Oh, I'm new. I'm a new creation. Anybody else in here? All right, God's speaking to us. Worship team, please. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Therefore, therefore, we must fix our eyes on what God has done for us because he's our security. Don't ever worship money. Don't let money get a hold of you. Don't live your life for riches. It's a deep, horrible, heinous mistake that will rob you and pierce yourself through. Now, there's nothing wrong with money, but if you can't give it away, then you don't possess it. It possesses you. There's nothing wrong with possessions. I'm believing for a couple of things myself. And he gives us everything for our good pleasure. But hold those things loosely. You've never seen a hearse with a Harley attached to it and somebody riding off, going to heaven, holding on to their ape hangers. For all the bikers out there. You can't take it with you. You say, Pastor, well, should, should, I, then, should I save? Well, of course you should save your money. Yes. Should I invest? Absolutely. Believe God. Invest, save. Should I have a retirement? Yes. Plan like he's not coming in your lifetime. A, a godly man will leave an inheritance to his children's children. That means, man, you're going to get hooked up, son. I'm, I'm around for a long time, but when I'm done, you get it. You and your sister get it all. Give to the church. Pastor Karen and I will go raptured off at the same time. If you're here, if you're here after the rapture, don't join the army. If you're here after the rapture, don't join, don't join the army because you'll find yourself fighting against God. 
Should you invest? Yes. Should you save? Yes. Should you tithe? Yes. Should you give? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Don't ever make money an idol. Don't make money a God. Live like He's not coming in your lifetime. No. Plan like He's not coming in your lifetime. Live like He can come at any moment. It's good we corrected that. I know some of you were paying attention. He'll always bless you if you trust Him. The Lord called my wife and I to give sacrificially. And it really isn't much of a sacrifice. It's almost a joke, honestly. All of it comes from Him. We think like we're sacrificing. When, if you have $17.50 in your bank account, y'all listen to me for a second. If you have $17.50 in your bank account, in your wallet, in your dresser, in your little special box at home, you have $17.50. If you can put your hand on $17.50, you're in the top 20% of the wealthy in the world. In the whole world, where most of the world is scrapping for a bowl of rice. We are so blessed. Our task is to, is to persevere, to go through times. God's speaking to us. Our task is to go through times and to go through them. Difficult, challenging times. You know what I found? I found at times where I made, them wrong, I made a mistake and then I bring some difficulty on us, on me, my family maybe. If I'll just turn towards the Lord, He turns the whole thing into a blessing. Some of you, you make a mistake or you get in difficulty, you throw the towel in, you quit. That's a, not a real good response. Remember, if you love God, you persevere. We make mistakes all the time, not on purpose. Listen, if you fall down, get up. Sometimes when I work out at the gym, it's like I do these illustrated sermons. Not all the time. I have to be, my head's got to be right. And, and usually training by myself because otherwise it's just not good. But I'll train to the point when I get to the end that I just about fall off the machine and I'm on the ground. My heart rate is completely maxed. I'm this close to heaving and I'm asking God to help me. Now, I've heard people say, that's not very healthy. Well, you do you, I'm gonna do me. And so while I'm lying there, I lie there for a little while, but I can't lie there for too long because you know, there's a guy who looks like he's dead next to the back machine or the leg machine. And, and people are like, is he all right? I mean, I've heard people like, oh, he's kind of older, you better check on him, you know? And I've, I've had people, <laughs> your daughter, your daughter came over, your daughter came over and she's, she says, pastor. I'm like, oh. she says, are you okay? I said, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. She's like, okay. And she walks off. I'll lie there. And as I'm on the ground, I say to myself, all right, Bracken, get up. Now, my body does not want to get up. In fact, I feel like I can't get up at times. And from my spirit, it's this thing I've done for years. Get up. Get up in the name of Jesus. Five, four, get up five four three and if it's really bad i'll be like oh, five four 
three, two, two, one. And then I, uh, and I get up and I lean against something and I hang there until like I, my kind of consciousness comes back. Don't know that? I don't do that, all right? Some of you fall, when you fall down, for God's sake, get up. You fall down, you don't get up, you're going to die. So you've blown it. Then get up. I don't know how to get up. Stay in this church. We'll help scrape you off the ground. I was working out with this guy and, well, he was not working out with him, but he was adjacent and he says to me, man, you inspire me. I'm like, let's go. He's like, yeah. I was on the ground and he's standing over me. He says, come on, pastor. He like drops F-bombs and everything. Doesn't believe in God, but I'm his gym pastor. So he pulls me off the ground. Everybody say, get up. Our task is to persevere. We have a choice of what voice we hear the choice of what voice you listen to. Listen to the voice of the Lord. You can make it. You can overcome. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heaven and lights. Put your trust in Him, not in riches. Not in riches. Don't blame God for your difficulty. There's a devil out there that hates you. God's plan for you is to succeed. We have a choice of whether you listen to the devil or you listen to God. Desire is the basis of what will happen in your life. Oh, this is so good. could preach a whole series on desire. Desire is a basis of what will happen in your life in the days to come. And if you allow for evil desire to be cultivated in your mind, you'll soon be doing those evil things and you'll soon walk into sin and be destroyed. But if you learn to take every thought captive and you push away the evil desires and you feed and, and empower the desires that God gives you, then you will do great things for God. Trust God. Love God. Let us fill our mind with how good is. Oh, my. I believe the greatest weapon for me is worship. I've had times when I didn't know I was good, didn't know if I could make it. And I'd lift my voice and just begin to worship him. And I'd walk back and forth and just say, oh, God, you're good. He's a good, good God. He's a good, good God. He's a good, 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 good God. How He saved me. How He washed me. How He cleansed me. How He made me whole. Oh, I was dead. I was lost. I was bound. Thank you for sending those hippies all those years ago to witness to me when I was on the playground in fifth grade. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you sent person after person. You, you allowed my radio station, radio station. I was driving a 1964 Pontiac Le Mans. It had an AM station because there was no such thing as FM in 1964. And the only station I could get was a Pentecostal station that preached the gospel to me for three hours while I drove my car trying to find a parking space in, on the Upper East Side of Manhattan for three hours, all kinds of preaching. 
and I'd be like, man, there's something else. And I'd turn it off and then I'd be like driving and I'd be like, I want to hear that again. And I'd turn it back on and it preached to me over and over and over. God is good. He is a good God. And he's trying to get, he's trying to get you to think the way that he thinks. He wants to bless you. Don't blame him. My goodness, did you get anything from God? Powerful, powerful verses of Scripture. Ushers, come on, we're going to go ahead and receive communion as we close the service here in just a moment. Book of James. Don't miss Sunday night. I'll be preaching it on Sunday nights. Woo! Glory to God. Go on, ushers. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you're not right with God. Won't you give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him? that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus, afresh and anew, or perhaps even for the first time, all across this place, you say, that's me, Pastor. Wonderful. And pray this prayer as our ushers are coming. And just wait to pass that out, gentlemen. If that's you, pray with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin come into my life come into my heart be my Lord be my Savior wash and cleanse me make me new thank you for loving me thank you for hearing my prayer well I hope you were encouraged by God's word thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast God bless you for more great content go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you Give you peace.